Hello, everybody, and we are so happy to have you with us tonight. And it's a big time for a big subject. Jerry Lee uh, standing in for the manifester. And again, I want to thank Janet Lee, my wife, for her beautiful job on the organ. And uh, we're going to get right on with things because this is such a big subject. And I was thinking, um, you know, earlier today, when I was going over uh, some of the things I want to cover was, whoa, I don't know if I can get it all in this session. And perhaps, perhaps we will need to go to um, another session, session four. But we will just see. <clears throat> I want to start off by reading an old time verse out of the book of Ecclesiastes. And it is in the ninth chapter. And it begins with the 11th verse. I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happeneth to them all. Now, I hope that you understand, if you know anything at all about evolution, that that scripture does not sound anything like evolution. The idea of the survival of the fittest. Uh, of course, that is just a very narrow aspect of what evolution is. But nevertheless, it is a well-known one. And there are many different levels of being fit. It just doesn't have to be how strong and mighty you are. There's mental fitness. Uh, there's uh, other kinds of fitness, uh, you know, that uh, has its importance. But based on this scripture, based on this Bible scripture, we do reach a point where we have to make a decision. Just how much can we believe the Bible? Or just how much can we believe things like evolution? So we have to decide because there is no doubt a conflict here. Let me read this again and listen to it carefully. I returned and I saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to the men of skill, but time and chance happeneth to them all. Wow. That does not sound like some big, big revelational parts that are taught in evolution. Because, in fact, it's quite an astounding thing. Because so many people don't really live on this premise. Have someone tell you that, look, you can be really fast. You can, you can be a, a top runner. But the way this race works 
Just being a really fast runner does not mean that you will win. Even being the fastest of all the runners does not mean that you will win. I mean, you could have be almost to the end of the race and have a heart attack and not make it. The race isn't to the swift. Nor the battle to the strong. Neither yet bread to the wise. You know, the people that say, well, I know there's some really difficult times coming and we're going to have to store up and we're going to have to be ready so we can survive. It sort of reminds the person of the words of Jesus. He that seeks to save his life will lose it. And he that gives his life will save it. But we have to be sure we know what these things are talking about. Or there will just be a, a stymie of everything. Neither yet bread to the wise. You can be very wise. You can be very intelligent and educated. That doesn't mean that it will... Pro it will bring your provision on a guaranteed basis. Nor yet riches to men of understanding. You can't even be guaranteed, no matter how wealthy you are, that money will get you through the gates of time. You can't be guaranteed on that at all. Nor yet favor to men of skill. Say, well, look, one thing I know is I, I've got all these different skills that I can do. And I know there's a lot of people out there that do not have this kind of talent. They do not have the kind of skill that I have. So that should put me way ahead. <clears throat> well, the Bible says here it's not a guarantee. It doesn't necessarily work that way. And what it says next, a lot of people that read the Bible don't even realize it's in the Bible. But time and chance happeneth to them all. So what does that mean? <clears throat> that means that everybody is going to get an opportunity to be strong, to be swift, to be wise, to run the race, to win the race. Everybody is going to get a time to do that and a chance to do it. Not just a chance to do it, but a time to do it. If you have a chance, but you don't have a time, then the, time, then the chance isn't worth much. Everybody's going to do it. And it's not going to be something like, well, uh, it just how it's accorded to how the evolution of things go. If everything evolves and you turn out to have more mobility and <clears throat> more strength and more intelligence, then uh, that makes you be superior. So you're going to be the winner and you're going to survive. But the Bible says, I don't count on that. There are factors that you don't know. There are things that can happen that you don't know. There's impetition. There's all kinds of things that can happen. You can't count on it. But this is what you can count on. That there will never be, a, ever, there will never be ever, any person 
who does not get a chance. There will never, ever be, ever, a situation where there is a person who did not get a time. Every person is going to get a time, and every person is going to get a chance. And that just clearly is simple. If you die as a, as a babe in stillbirth, you're still going to get your time and you're still going to get your chance. Now, just being automatically saved like some churches teach it, that's not a time and a chance. Everybody's going to get their time to do all these things and be all these things and go through the courses of life. Everybody's going to get that time and everybody's going to get that chance. Whatever it takes. It's a guarantee of God. So, I'm, I can tell you there are some very intelligent things that evolution does have. And they have passed just incredible number of tests of proof. And I appreciate that and I understand that. But they are not the all of the all. They are not the end of the end. They are not the, the fullness of wisdom. They who believe in the uh, in evolution, that's not. They haven't found the book, uh, you know, to the answers of all things. There's a lot about evolution that is is missing, and a lot about evolution that is taught that is not correct. And I don't know how much time we'll have tonight uh, by the time we really get into everything as to being able to cover it all. But I thought it was really important to first cover what the scriptures have to say. Because that's our book of life. That's our road map. And to us, it's really, really important to, you know, to go over those things. Now, last week, um, we, we talked about the story of Jacob when he was on the way to Padamaram. And he had been sent there by Isaac to find a wife. And um, he was going to the family of, of Rebecca, Isaac's, um, he was going to the family uh, of Isaac's wife, which was named Laman. And uh, he was supposed to find a wife in that family. Uh, it was interesting. And he he went, and on the way, he laid his head on a smooth stone, went to sleep, and had a dream about a ladder ascending up into heaven and descending. Well, last week, we showed that this ladder was a lattice. And that ladder aspect was only part of the ladder that you can keep adding these ladders on and on and on into infinity, so to speak. And they make a gigantic lattice, or you can just break them apart to these multi, multiple sections of, of ladders. And we had a lot more to say about it than that. But we said that at that time, and and you know this this was a very very interesting teaching, and is found in the book of Genesis, uh, 
And um, if you want to look it up, you can look at uh, Genesis 28, uh, verses 11 through 16. And we said, Jacob came to a realization that there was something awe, something full of awe, something incredible here. It wasn't just just a dream. It wasn't just a regular place. It was like having found a a spot where divine energy was located. Having found a place where for even if it was only a few moments of time, the holy vision and the holy power of God had come down. And it uses the word in King James dreadful, but that really means like wonderful, incredible. And Jacob said, this is an incredible place. This, this is a wonderful place. It's awesome. Well, there's a lot of things that's not written right there that Jacob learned from that experience. Well, in the 30th chapter of Genesis, chapter 30, verse 37, Genesis 30, verse 37, um, it gets into some interesting things. <coughs> Jacob divides his sheep and goats from Laban's sheep and goats under the proposition that he gives to Laban, I'll take all the spotted, all the spotted and ring-staked goats and sheep, and all the rest are yours. If you agree, well, Laban was happy to agree because the spotted and the ring staked were not nearly in number to the the all-white goats and all-white sheep. Then Joseph did something, uh, Jacob brother, did something very strange. He took three particular trees and he whitted them, the uh, pieces of the tree, a branch down, until they became like a rod. And then he put streaks in them so that there was some kind of a message there. And then he put those rods in the watering troughs. And the effect was so incredible that when these animals came toward the water, uh, they could smell the the pheromones that was coming out of those three trees, which if you look up in any history on those kind of trees, you'll see that they do produce pheromones. And it's just a known fact that smells can have an effect on the emotions of the brain. And there was an incredible effect that was happening with that, plus not only with the smelling, but with the seeing. And they were so captivated by that, they they not only had their mating responses occur there at the watering troughs, but they even gave their gave forth the birth when it was the time of the offspring. And it affected the offspring so that the offspring that came out, they were spotted and ring staked. And we were showing this is Latolution. This is a revelation 
beyond revelations. It, it, it would be called fantasy and just a story by some people. But it was a real thing. It was about nature. And it was about the lattice. And it was about how that the brain is susceptible to the senses. Because this lattice was a an optical lattice that branched out into all kinds of other connection to the senses. And later we'll see if I can get into it, how that lattice is even connected to the potential of a supercomputer uh, brain. Now, as we look at this, there's Bible. There's just plain down-earth Bible. If we are to believe the Bible, that's something beyond the ordinary, that's something beyond science, that's something beyond expectation, that's something that wasn't even understood to be divine, happened. And happened in such a successful way that it changed the riches of two per persons. It, it did an inversion. Layman became the less of the rich, and Jacob became the richer of the rich. It inverted their positions, and it literally brought forth animals with spots and ring-staked that was way beyond statistics. It wasn't the thing that was happening as a random event, as a statistic accumulation. It was something that had happened by an influence that was picked up and the signals sent to the brain and that affected the DNA and the genes. All right. That was one of the things we talked about. We talked about David's harp how that uh, David would uh, play that harp before Saul, and Saul would just get into fits of depressions and have almost a murdering spirit come on him. But when David would play the harp, it says the devils would leave him. So here was a sound. We've, we've got optical, we've got smell, now we've got sound. How that sound can affect the brain so that psychologically it changes a person's disposition and mood. Now, there has never been any provisions in evolution with all the study that I have done that I have ever been able to see a provision for, for such things as this that is considered to be true evolu uh, evolution, because most aspects of evolution are just tied into the repetitive off the repetitive breeding of the offspring. Wow. Wow. All right. I've got some other scriptures that I want to go through. I'll have to turn my Bible pages, and you'll probably hear it on the microphone.
But that's uh, that's all right. <laughs> we can do that. Uh, you remember I, a while back in one of my teachings, uh, I won't turn there tonight, but I, I read to you Matthew thirteen forty seven, And it says, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a net. Now, a net is just like a lattice. And if you cut that all the way back and you stiffen the net, you get a, you get a ladder. You could consider it a rope ladder, but if you stiffen it up, it can just be a regular ladder. So, we see this net lattice of which the Bible says, the kingdom of heaven is like unto that. The kingdom of heaven is like unto a lattice. Well, is this an important revelation or not? you want to know anything about the kingdom of heaven? And we're not talking about the heaven of heavens. We're talking about the heavens in this universe in which we live. And it's like a lattice. But nevertheless, it's obvious that God wants us to know and understand it. This subject about latolution, the lattice, is major, ladies and gentlemen, and is Bible, as you will see more and more as we continue in these teachings. The kingdom of heaven is likened to a net, is likened to a lattice. Matthew thirteen forty-seven. Wow. Wow. Well, one of the things that I'm not happy about at all when it comes to uh, when it comes to um, evolution is it's being interpreted. Uh, it's being interpreted in some ways that um, there is no need for God that everything can just automatically evolve on itself. Now, you know, there's a certain truth in that. But they really cannot apply that truth at this particular time uh, as regarding mortals and human beings. They really can't apply it. And the reason that they can't is because there's a major difference that I want to explain to you later that affects this in a major way. So keep that in mind, and we will uh, we'll get into some very, very interesting um, deep discussions on this before we are through. Okay, now I want to get I want to get into some other scriptures, and uh, these are very interesting. Um, I'm not going to be able to take the time to turn to all of these because if I do. <clears throat> we'll be here till tomorrow. <laughs> but we want to talk about physical things that did some really unusual effects, actually more than just effects, and how that the lattice in latolution is tied into this. Now in the book of Numbers, chapter 17, beginning with verse 6. Numbers, chapter 17, verse 6. Moses called all the heads of the twelve tribes together. <clears throat> and he told every 
uh, leadership to go out and to get a rod, and each rod was to represent uh, each tribe. Now, there's an incredible teaching, an incredible story on this thing about the rod. But that's not our subject tonight, so we have to just keep moving on it. And there was going to be chosen out of those 12 leaders of the 12 tribes, one particular person, one particular tribe that was going to be involved in the spiritual aspects of things. So they put all of the, the rods together and they left them in this spiritual room. And the next day they came back in and all the rods looked just like they did when they were left, except for one. And it was the rod of Aaron, who of course was a Levite and a leader in the Levites and second in command to Moses. Well, it says that during that night, during that night, that his rod, which was obviously cut out of a tree, but a rod would not have branches on it. A rod wouldn't have anything else but be a rod. But when they went there into that room, that rod had branches because it had blooms on it. And before the, before the blooms were finished doing their work, as being a, just a bloom, a flower, they ended up with fruit on it. Now, I guess I should really turn over there and read it, because that, that is a sensational thing. That really is a sensational thing. And that's Numbers 17. So I'm going to, it just, I'm, I'm here now. And um, in the eighth verse, it says, and we're, we're the 17th chapter of Numbers, 8th verse. And it came to pass that on the morrow, Moses went into the tabernacle of witness. And behold, the rod of Aaron, for the house of Levi was budded, and brought forth buds, and, the, and bloomed blossoms, and yielded almonds. Now, we have to look at something like that and say, oh, well, that's just a myth. That's just a cute story. Or we have to believe, did this really happen? And if it did happen, there's several, several factors here that we have to really look at. We have to look at what was it that influenced that rod to bring forth branches and bloom? What enabled this acceleration to take place so that like overnight from just being like a stick it bloomed and the next thing there were, were almonds that were formed where the blooms were can we believe that can we can we really come on can we believe such a thing is it possible such a thing could ever happen well i happen to believe it did I happen to believe that it really did happen, and I believe that those kind of things are possible, and I believe that 
when we he hear things like this, that it goes to show that humankind, mortals they are, have not even begun to understand the laws of God, the extent of the power of God, and how that there are things in the lattice of the makeup of, of the earth, of the sky, of the creations, and of the universe that humankind has not even begun to understand or solve. To be able to accelerate something at that rate of a speed from just almost a dead-looking-like branch that had been cut off, and, no, of course, let's say it wasn't dead in the sense of not having some green in it, but for it to just then to bloom and for it to then have almonds, that is incredible. Absolutely incredible. I think it's totally possible that it wasn't even the time of the year for the tree to bloom or the tree to to have almonds. And I think that's one of the reasons why Jesus was expecting the fig tree to bloom and the fig tree to have figs. And when it didn't, then later, you know, Jesus allowed for it to be destroyed. And they said, yeah, but it's not the fault of the tree. It's not the time of the year for there to be figs. It's not the time of the year for the tree to do this. But you know, there's a scripture that says, be instant in season and out of season. Well, how could you expect something that's just little more than an element of nature. Is there some kind of an understanding that atoms have and atoms know? And atoms have a certain free will to, to choose to do a certain thing or not to do it? Because Jesus certainly did expect that fig tree to bring forth, but it didn't. He certainly did expect there to be a sign, and there wasn't. Well, there was a reason there wasn't a sign, and that's explained in Latolution, which we will get into a little later. There's a reason how that had happened and why it did not bring forth the figs. But this idea of this blooming in the almonds, what a incredible quickening of time that that would be. And if that could be applied to the physical body, when you were using stem cell surgery or stem cell, Im stem cell implants, you could quicken those stem cells to just overnight create a toe or a missing part. Overnight would be done. Well, everything is moving toward speed. They say now that China has the fastest computer in the world. And someone will say, yeah, well, all the other nations are going to get ahead of the United States. It's too bad there's so many people out there that don't even know what they're talking about. If it wasn't for the the special computer um, help that was given to China 
and the electron electronic parts, they wouldn't have been able to make that computer. It was all all built with U.S. technology. And the United States has turned around. They're getting ready to build an even faster computer. And France is in the race, and other nations are in the race. But the speed that they're talking is just absolutely incredibly different than anything we've got going on computers now. Because, ladies and gentlemen, we are headed toward the quantum computer. It's just a matter of time. And that quantum computer is going to open up a lot of knowledge about latolution and about the brain and about the universe and a lot of ideas that people have had about math and people have had about astronomy is it's going to end up being affected because of the capability of this computer input that will be able to figure out answers with speed that's beyond imagination. Wow. So then we have another thing of rods. We have the rods of rods of Jacob. We've got the rod revelation that came to Moses and was effectuated through Aaron. What's in this thing about rods? A lot. A lot. Believe me. Well, does the Bible really have anything to say about latolution or evolution? Of course it does. Let's look, for instance, at Isaiah 14.29. Isaiah 14.29. Let's just look and see what that says. Because I think you'll find it very interesting. In Isaiah 14, 29, there's a very interesting verse. And let's, let's turn to it. And let's see what we can, uh, we can do for getting you excited tonight. 29th verse of chapter 14, Isaiah. Rejoice not, thou whole... Palestine, because the rod of him that smote thee is broken. Got a rod thing going again here. For out of the serpent's root shall come forth a cockatrice, shall come forth a cockatrice, and his fruit shall be a fiery flying serpent. Now, I don't want to get into mythology here, necessarily, but I, I will, because I think it's, it's interesting. Now, this is a very strange word to even be in the Bible. It is not a normal word, and it's mainly just in, revealed in, in a couple places in um, Isaiah. And there's been a lot of... Um, controversy over this as to what it could really mean. But in the mythology of it, this is a a big chicken, like a rooster. 
and this chicken has a a tail like a lizard or snake and it's sort of almost draconian it's almost like a like a dragon you know like a a dinosaur well you know I think I ministered on this a while back they discovered not that long ago as they were looking at the embryos formed in the eggs of chickens that at a certain point the embryo has all of the type of body characteristics of a dinosaur and they begin to do some study on it and they found that actually the chicken in a sense is a a relative in a long line of descent or whatever you want to call it or ascent to the dinosaur and they have speculated and they're still working on it of the possibility of dealing with the DNA from these um, chicken eggs to see if it's possible to reconstruct dinosaurs. Now that I find to be astounding as you think of the mythology of this story, ancient, very, 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 very ancient story in mythology. And you look at this and you say, my God, you mean there's actually a story in mythology like that? Yeah, and that's the name, Cockatrite. And that's the story of this incredible change that happens. Call it a mutation if you want. Call it evolution if you want. But it's a story about something like a monster coming out of this this egg and becoming something totally different than what the animal was that produced it. Even if you set that part of it aside, there's something strange about the wording of this. Because there is there's something here about the serpent's root. And you can think of a root, you can think of genetics or DNA. And it comes forth a cockatrite, which from the way it's saying it, is coming forth different. It is it's changing over from one kind of a viper to or pardon me, from one kind of a serpent to a different kind of a serpent. An adder, a viper family adder. And perhaps it's just a, a teeny bit clear along that line. And I'll read there in a minute. But first it says, And his fruit shall be a fiery flying serpent. Well, you remember in the book of, of Numbers, uh, I think it's around Numbers 22, I'm not sure. But these um, children of Israel were trying to get across this particular uh, uh, territory. And it was just full of these fiery snakes. They called them fiery flying serpent snakes. And um, uh, it's a particular kind of snake that that is. But that's a different kind of a creature. And so here we have, you know, something different than just evolution. 
something different than where you say, well, there was a mutation, then this happened and that happened, or there was a, uh, you know, a, a, a crossover because of this, and, uh, you know, the, the, the fittest of the group came forth, and something different here, ladies and gentlemen. Something that happens because it's affected by something that is beyond just the literal uh, element of what is physical and physiological and psychological that is reaching to some kind of a of a power of spirit that just like the pheromones affected the lattice of the sheep and the goats that this spirit effect is effecting a change here that happens as a result of certain reasons, which I will try to explain somewhere before this teaching is out. <coughs> Something that happens via a message from one spirit or from the spirit world that gets into our atoms and molecules and actually brings forth transformations and changes that aren't mutations. <coughs> there are coded orders that are given. Language of God that is opened up. Well, let's look at um, at this other verse um, in um, Isaiah 59.5. Isaiah 59.5. And let's just see how that looks. Should be interesting. Isaiah 59.5. Uh, here's what we've got. Okay. Now, it says, They hatch cockatrice eggs. Cockatrice eggs. And weave the spider's web. He that eateth their eggs dieth. And he that eateth their egg, as the end, and that which is crushed breaketh out into a viper. Now, I don't have the time to break that down syllable by syllable and all the parts, but there is a story there. There is a story of latolution, evolution if you want to call it that but something that is happening in a species of change. And something that has caused this transformation to occur. And it's got to do with inequity being described in the fourth verse, the prior verse. And the effect of this is a result of that. And it is reaching into the animal kingdom and affecting the animal kingdom in a literal uh, sense as to this effect that can happen in the strains of potential that are coded within that creature. What other kind of potentials are coded as a variant 
Wow. Now let's just go on and let's read some more stuff. It's all interesting. It's all interesting. Um, let's look um, at, uh, while we're in Isaiah, let's look at Isaiah 40, verse 22. 40, verse 22. Okay. Now, verse 22 it says, It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers, that stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain, and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in. Now this same God, through his creator messengers, that is involved in creating the whole universe is also involved in verse 23 that bringeth the princes to nothing. He maketh the judges of the earth as vanity. They shall not be planted. They shall not be sown. Yea, they shall not they shall not be sown. Yea, their stock shall not take root in the earth. And he shall blow upon them, and they shall wither, and the whirlwind shall take them away as stubble. Now, that's something to really look at and consider. Because I think evolution have a problem with that. I think they say, well, you know, that's just poetic stuff. Just a um, memorandum of some of the old scribes that were trying to write something interesting. Or it's just a metaphor. But this is about a revelation of God stretching out the heavens as a curtain. And I've done teaching on that before, and that's an incredible revelation about how the creation of the universe really occurred. And, and the meaning of that is just sensational. So then there must continue to be sensational meaning in this 23rd verse that is compounded with that. Even nobles, even the top people are affected by, by this. Even the judges of the people that live on earth. Because God is considering that their nobility and their, their judge office is wrapped up in vanity. It's in vain. So, not waiting here for evolution to bring forth the fittest or to do some kind of strange mutation or to do some kind of elimination pro program. This is something that's actuated by God And it's about planting of the seed, planting of the, and furthering the genetics of these people. And it says, I'm not going to allow them to be planted. I'm not going to allow them to put their, to sow their seed, their, their human genetics. 
I'm not going to allow their stock, their, their line of descent to take root in the earth. But I'm going to cause a holy wind to come upon them. And they are going to wither away as stubble. Now this is interference. This is divine interference. Now there's other ways of understanding this. How that God does use tools. And how that a lot of times things that happen to people are a result of what they actually planted themselves. And it's their own choices. But it nevertheless is part of the overall latolution that is put into the Soundtron, the Soundtron waves, and the potentiation of God's plan in the universe. And we have to, we have to throw this into the pot. It has to be part of the whole scenario as to how we, this whole thing comes together and makes sense. We can't not ignore it. We just cannot ignore it. There's other scriptures. I won't take the time to go to those right now. But in Matthew 15, 13, it talks about every plant that's not planted by God will be rooted up. That was spoken by Jesus. So it's not just an Old Testament idea. And then in Luke 8, 13, um, it tells about um, it tells about the the sower going forth and these different uh, seeds were planted and it looked like there was going to um, to be something good happen to this group of seed uh, people but the first time a problem came along they did not have deep root they did not have enough root and they it they just failed and there there is a, a beautiful scripture about that um in in two different um scriptures that I would like to share with you um in um Matthew 4:17 it describes it that they had no root in themselves so we have people born on this earth that while they may have certain physical characteristics to be able to accomplish certain physical uh, directives and accomplishments. Man is a compound being. He is both spirit and physical. Evolution is into the physical end of it, but that's only, at the best, 50% of what a man is. So if, if, if evolution doesn't take into aspect the spirit of man, then it's only 50% at its very best, its most perfect uh, presentation. It is missing half of what makes a human being to be what they are as a special human being in this time, in this day, in this age. And so, Latolution covers that. Latolution covers the physical, the physiology, the psychology, but it also covers the spirituality and the spirit. And that's why we say 
that it has to be latolution. It cannot be just evolution. Not that everything taught in evolution is wrong. Absolutely not. I mean, Darwin, in his original uh, plot of this whole thing, uh, uh, he actually composed the idea uh, that there had to be genetics which is the basis for DNA and all kinds of things. And that was an incredible, sensational revelation at the time. And there's all kinds of other ideas that he came up with uh, that that um, have been proven to be correct. I mean, dozens and dozens and dozens of them. That's why scientifically, uh, evolution has such a strong place in the mind of a lot of scientists. But the fact of the matter is, This idea of knowing a few things about the physical and the elements and so forth is great. But that's only part of what man is. He's spirit and body. He's a compound being. And that scientifically has even been proven. They've been able to weigh the human being with this incredible weights and see that when the spirit leaves the body, there's, there's a differentiation. And then there's another very interesting scripture in Psalms 80, verse 8 through 9. And it talks about the deep root. It talks about people that have a deep root. I know we have one of our responders on the, um, the blogs that goes by the name Deep Root. And that is a sensationally neat name. And it has a sensational deep spiritual meaning. Psalms 80, 8 through 9. Deep root. If you've got a deep root, you can know things, you can survive things because of that gift. So, there are lots of things we have to be concerned about. Uh, one of the scriptures... Um, uh, that I read about roots, we talked about roots that had rottenness in them. Sometimes a rottenness will set into the root and it'll destroy the root system of a person so that their ancestral inheritance, their genetic inheritance has sort of been destroyed by rottenness. And those, those are sad things. They are very sad things. Well, you know, part of the time when Aaron, or, or when Moses was ministering before Pharaoh, part of the time he used the rod, but a great part of the time Aaron did. And there are case, cases in which, both with Moses and Aaron, the rods that they used swallowed up the other rods. was another way of saying swallowed up the other snakes. Now there's something very latolution in that. Because first off, for uh, a rod to turn into a, a snake, uh, that's quite the thing. And the Bible says, and Pharaoh turned to his, you know, his magicians, and he said, well, what can you do about this? They said, oh yeah, we think we can do that. And they turned their rods 
into um, snakes. Now, there's all kinds of things we can imagine. Uh, how there may have been a magic that they did that with. And we know that in Acts, Moses came out of the Egyptian court and he was highly trained in the arts of the Egyptians and he knew about their magic and he knew all kinds of things. But obviously these top magicians, they knew all the top secrets of the Pharaoh. But the thing that they could not duplicate, they could not have any of their rods or their snakes swallow up Aaron or, or the rod of Moses. They didn't know how to do that. They weren't able to do that. Someone says, well, you know, that's just a, a talent. That didn't have anything to do with evolution or latitution. Well, you don't know that. You really don't know that, so you really shouldn't be saying that. Because these aren't ideas that Moses was born with. It was God that's speaking to Moses through an angel. When God says, look, I, I, Moses says, I'm not going to be able to handle this thing with Pharaoh. I'm not going to be able to handle it. He's a powerful man. You know, he's going he's gonna to want to kill me, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not even a good speaker. And I wouldn't, I won't know what to do. And God said, "Well, what's that you're holding in your hand?" Oh, well, just an old rod. It's nothing. God said, "Well, God said that'll do. That's more than what you think it is. It's nothing if it's nothing. But if you put if you put your brain with it, and you use your brain power, it can be anything you want it to be." Now let me give you an idea. Now here, think this way. Think this way and concentrate. And throw that down and concentrate on it becoming a snake. And bam, it did. Concentrate on that snake swallowing up all the other snakes. Bam, it did. That was a flash. That was a flash of light of the mind. Something had to happen there like quickly behold Jesus said behold I come quickly most people didn't understand the meaning of that the quickening that Jesus was referring to we're coming into that day of the quickening and that's where everything is moving greater velocity higher speeds do things faster get places faster think faster Faster computers, faster automobiles, faster trains, faster rockets, spaceships. Everything is moving toward an event. We can't say that there's not a connection in Latolution to this thing of what Moses was able to do. It wasn't his idea. You can see he didn't even know what the, hardly think a thing about the rod he had in his hand. So it wasn't from his training as being in Pharaoh's army and Pharaoh's uh, court and having a high position. It came afterwards. It came after he had fled. It came after he 
had dedicated himself to become a deliverer for the children of Israel. Wow. Now there's a lot of interesting things and we're going to talk about more of them. We are not through. We are not. Let's look at... Um, uh, I'm not going to turn to it, but in, in Job 38:36, it talks about God has put wisdom in our inner parts. Now, that wisdom in our inner parts can very well be the kingdom of God that God has put in our spirit within us, which is within the body. So, it's just plain Bible, ladies and gentlemen. It's all through the Bible that God has put this wisdom in, but it doesn't mean it's always accessible. It doesn't mean we, we can just press a button at any time we want to and it comes up. It means there are things that has to happen. You know, when, when they're talking in the evolutionary sense, they say, well, there's going to have to be an evolution before, you know, the species is going to reach a capability to overcome uh, those natural problems in the environment. But we can say in the spirit end of it, there's going to have to be a, a latolution where the spirit is going to move things in such a way that people are going to be able to understand the language of God in a way they never understood it before. And this hidden knowledge is suddenly going to become knowledgeable to them. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Okay, so we've got a few more scriptures to go over here. Um, let's, um, let's just look at them. Let's go over a couple of scriptures that we went over last week, just so we sort of have enfolded all of these scriptures, you know. Let's look at, um, let's look at Job 26, verse 5. Job 26, verse 5. Okay? That's a, is a neat scripture, and I know we talked on it last week. We, um, you know, may have talked on it uh, the week before. I don't remember, but I know we did last week. And we want to just touch it up a little bit. And it said um, in uh, chapter 26, verse 5, Dead things are formed from under the waters and the inhabitants thereof. And we were showing last week that that energy of atoms that had lived in creation before and were just dead debris, you know, that uh, it was it's used and reused time and time again for new living things. And we call that latolution. Now, evolution doesn't really cover that. Um, not in the same sense that we're talking about. There's a lot of things that they've got holes in, in their theories. It just doesn't cover that. And um, uh, let's see. I don't know if I... Let me take a fast look here at, uh, at Genesis 30 to see if I um, talked. Oh, yeah, I already talked to that one, so we don't have to redo that one. So turn with me to 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15. All right, we'll get through this stuff so we can get on into the latolution business. And, uh, you know, 
<clears throat> but this this is very, very, very interesting. First Corinthians 15, starting with uh, uh, verse uh, 35. Okay, and here, um, here, here's what it, what it says. But some man will say, "How are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come?" Thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened, except it die. That which thou sowest, thou sowest not that body that shall be, but bare grain it may chance, C-H-A-N-C-E, of wheat, or of some other grain. That's not illusion. And I know sometimes uh, people use, the term chance is used in evolution. And people just have a horrible time with it. But this is the second scripture I've given you uh, about chance. And there's more. There's more. And we have to really understand uh, the importance of, uh, of what this is saying. Uh, it says you can sow. Um, you sow something. But it's not a guarantee that you're sowing the body or you're sowing the product that you're expecting it to be. It says, uh, because it may turn out to bear grain, uh, it could be wheat, or it could be some other a grain. So, although it's a grain, it's not guaranteed which grain it is, uh, by chance. Now, there's a whole lot of understanding to that by chance, because there are a lot of things it's just like in prophecies. People give a prophecy, thus saith the Lord, this is going to happen tomorrow. It doesn't happen. Oh my God, false prophet. But sometimes, um, and, and I'm not making excuses for anybody, but sometimes, uh, you know, people will make a prophecy like that and without understanding uh, that uh, th those um, prophecies are, that are given are uh, are based on uh, propositional circumstances. Uh, these pro these things are going to happen if people will receive the word, or or, or uh, if everything follows through according to the rest of the application of the prophecy. Uh, but you know, like uh, perchance it could be wheat, perchance it could be something else. Uh, we will understand this better once again when I get into the. Uh, uh, the Seven Thunders book, and I start getting into some of the different aspects of Lanolution. And I will explain that, uh, you know, in another way. And it goes on in verse 38, But God giveth it a body, as it has pleased him, and to every seed his own body. All flesh is not the same flesh. But there is one kind of flesh of men, another kind of flesh of beasts, another kind of, uh, of fishes, another kind of birds, and there are celestial bodies, bodies terrestrial. The glory of the celestial is one. The glory of the terrestrial is another. And one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, another glory of the stars. One star differeth from another in glory. God is showing how that uh, there are distinctions of everything that is out in the creation. Uh, there, though they have similarities, like two humans look human and look very alike, their fingerprints are different. Uh, their characters are different. Their styles are different. And and God has made it that way, and that's all part of the ascending-descending lattice that is involved in Latolution, and uh, in which the Bible says the kingdom of God is likened to a net, 
likened to a lattice. Okay? So I think that very much um, uh, pronunciates in a, a super way. Uh, let me give you at least one more scripture before I go on. i got to get moving here. But um, in Isaiah 65, 25, I'm not going to turn to it. It talks about the day will come when the wolf and the lamb will will lay down together. And it talks about the day when your lions will eat grass. Well, I've talked on this subject before, but there would need to be a major reconstruction of the jaws and the teeth. Uh, these predatorial animals that are suddenly changed into uh, vegetational animals, uh, they would uh, uh, have had to experience some incredible changes in the structures of their bodies. Stomach structures, intestinal structures, um, jaw and teeth structures. And don't say that that evolution and some things of evolution is not in the Bible. It's in the Bible. There's going to be changes. And it's part of the plan of God. It's the will of God. It's the will of God for one day. There to be a change of the spirit of hostility and predatorial aspects. For there to be peace in the valley. One day. It's the plan of God. It's the plan of God because the plan of God is love because God is love. And there's going to be changes. And that's just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And some of those changes are going to involve latolution that has to take place for those things to happen. But some of that can be done in the quickenings. The quickening changes that can happen really fast. That we wouldn't even begin to believe it possible. But in the highest, um, you know, supercomputing brain lattice of the optical lattice of quantum, uh, sculptures are going to be able to get inside a lattice of atoms and are going to be able to move things around with such rapidity that it's just going to stagger people. They're just going to be absolutely incredibleized at the uh, spiritual uh, potential and spiritual effects that that is possible. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it's just absolutely stirring and exciting. It just really, really, really is. Now there's another scripture. And uh, I suppose that this would really be my last scripture uh, that I will put in here uh, on this subject uh, using uh, these connections. Uh, but it's in the book of um, of Daniel. Turn with me to the fourth chapter and the 43rd, um, the 43rd verse. Daniel 4, verse 23. And it goes like this. It's Daniel 4, verse 23, And whereas the king saw a watcher and a holy one coming down from heaven, saying, Hew the tree down and destroy it, and yet leave the stump of the roots thereof in the earth, even with a band of iron and brass in the tender grass of the field, and let it be wet with the dew of heaven, and let his portion be with the beast of the field till seven times pass over it. And this is the interpretation, O king, of your dream. 
This thing's going to come upon you. It says they're going to drive you, verse 25, from men. And this is, was one of the most powerful kings that ever lived on the face of earth. They're going to drive you from men because of what's going to happen to you. And your dwelling will be with beasts of the field. And they shall make thee to eat grass as oxen. They shall wet thee with the dew of heaven. And seven times shall pass over thee, till thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whomsoever he will. Now remember that first scripture we started off with. The race is not guaranteed to be to the swift, or to the rich, or to the intelligent. There's a time and chance going to happen to everybody. And the thing that Nebuchadnezzar was going to have to learn, was going to have to understand, out of this terrible experience that he would have, he was going to have to learn that God was the ruler. And he gives the kingdom to whosoever he will. Not their will, but his will. There are factors here, ladies and gentlemen, that cannot be encompassed with evolution. And I'm not saying that everything in evolution is wrong. I would not say that. They have some very, uh, you know, stout ideas. And, and, and that have, you know, some evidential type of truths. But there's a lot of things missing from evolution. They don't cover this understanding about God and the Spirit. That's why they just have to take it off to themselves somewhere. Now, we're living in a very special situation, and so evolution does not apply to us in this special situation, which I will describe better a little bit later, if I get the chance. <clears throat> so, what happens to Nebuchadnezzar? Uh, well, 33rd verse, same chapter, chapter 4, Daniel, that same hour was the thing fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar, and he was driven from men, and he did eat grass as oxen, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven, till his hairs were grown like eagles, like eagle feathers, and his nails like bird claws. I mean, like it's like he he digressed. He went backwards in the Latolution trail of ancestry to the bird man. And he remained in that bird-like condition, that animal eaten off the ground condition, until the seven times seven passed over him which in this case was a, a mental fulfillment that had to happen in his mind of the revelation of this, what the meaning of seven times, uh, uh, the meaning of what uh, seven uh, times was. So, what do you want to call that? Is that just a fable? Is that just a story? Is that just a myth? I mean, pretty soon we've got nothing left in the Bible that's literal. We got no miracles if we start taking everything out. I'm not taking it out. I love the miracles of God. I love the incredible far out revelations of God. I love it. And I love this story here. Because here we see something different than evolution. We see something happening 
in a, an instant almost. It just suddenly happens. It's, it's an acceleration. It's, it's, a, it's a transformational quickening. And that's, that is evolution, not that is latolution, yes. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, it is exciting. It is very, very exciting. All these things that we're wanting to share with you, there is so much. Let's, let's go through some interesting parts now. Uh, you know, let's, um, let's understand that one thing, as I explained last week in evolution, is you cannot compare um, life creations to machine creations. Some people try to say, well, look at this. Uh, here's a case that disproves evolution because look at this, what this machine can do. That is not based on evolution. Uh, when you start mixing that, you're, you're, you're missing out on the underlining uh, that is the uh, theory maker of evolution, which has to do with the effects of offspring. And, and uh, uh, you know, uh, computers and machinery, they don't, they don't give birth to offspring. So there's something that was created by an intelligent per, uh, being and made, and that doesn't come into evolution, you know. But um, there are aspects of it that do come into land illusion. Uh, we're not going to worry about that right now. Now, let's look. Okay. <clears throat> uh, evolution theorizes uh, how life came to be on, on the earth. But it does not explain why. Land illusion does. Land illusion says, you know, why are we here? Where did we come from? Where are we going to? It gives those answers. You do not get that in evolution. Evolution does not have precise answers as to why common descent took the paths that it did. But evolution does. Three, evolution um, does deny certain literal um, religious, or yeah, certain religious literal interpretations of Genesis but as a whole does contain information that is, um, you know, a perspective of God's creative force in nature. But there are many things, nevertheless, that it, uh, in its um, uh, methodology, uh, does uh, deny certain uh, literal religious interpretations. Now, um, that's almost an in vain statement to make, because some of the religious interpretations out there uh, you don't have to be an evolutionist to deny them. There's some of them that are just so absolutely uh, mindless and, and ha have no science behind it, no Holy Spirit revelation behind it, and they're just uh, old, uh, you know, um, flowered-up ideas that they've been treading on the flower mill for years and years and years and generations, and, and they have no true sense to them. So uh, that wouldn't prove that. But there are some other areas... Uh, you know, that, that do interfere that are not of that same nature. Um, four, a question. Why would God need to uh, have the long scale uh, in the sense of evolutionary time to create the universe? Why would he need to do that to create the universe and its inhabitants? Well, of course, 
he would not uh, he would not have to do it that way uh, but such a question about time you know uh, is relevant um, to the relativity of mortal time and does not reason that millions of years or even billions of years is near zero time in God's reckoning. So when we look on a scale trying to measure uh, time with time as it's understood in the human mind, uh, we cannot possibly make sense of it because that is not the basis that uh, that the project was done with or done done uh, as to the how of things. So uh, some things will be very quickened and very short. Other things will be very uh, long. It's like, uh, you know, uh, this time and the chance. It's like uh, it clearly says... Uh, in a very uh, uh, positive way, it clearly says that um, that you know in the fifteenth chapter of First Corinthians, you know, perchance it could be uh, of the grain that is wheat, or perchance it could be of the grain that is another kind of of uh, you know of grain and not not uh, wheat. Uh, we could say perchance it could be of a long setting as far as it being compared by human time. Or perhaps it could be of a really short quickening setting. God can do it any which way. There are reasons why um, uh, God, um, there are reasons why that, um, you know, that, that it is done the way uh, that it is done. There are reasons why. Okay. All right. So here we go. Okay, so um, uh, evolution seems to replace God as the originator of the universe, especially when you think in terms of Steve Hawking and his recent address, in which he says, you know, you don't need God uh, for this universe to be created. And that's all tied in with evolution. Um, I have a real big problem with that. Uh, not that evolution, in a sense, could not be true, that things could evolve, uh, you know, on their own. There's a certain amount of that that is true. It could evolve on its own. But uh, the, the the thing of it is, um, I can best explain that when I get into the book here and begin to describe all the different kinds of latolution. Um, that will then explain some of this. All right. <clears throat> um, the brain, unlike a computer, is constantly adapting itself. And I really want to get into the many, many connections in the sense of, of latolution uh, that has to do with the uniqueness of the human brain that we have and how that that, that human brain is different than the pre-Adamic brains. Uh, and I'm not talking about the cranium size, but I'm talking about the potential intellectual, spiritual side. And, and, and that happened uh, at the fall of the angels when Adam, the first person, uh, the Adam became the first person with a soul, uh, and being involved with the restoration of um, of uh, status uh, 
uh, uh, renumeration uh, and restoration uh, uh, of the fallen angels. And so from the point that uh, that Adam arose and human beings and mortals uh, that are part of, of uh, the uh, bodies being used by the fallen angels, the level of intelligence and the purpose of intelligence rose to an entirely different setting. And, and uh, so now we cannot compare ourselves in this universe with any other universe or any other part of this universe because we don't have it on record that there has ever been a case before in all the annals of the seven universes of God that there was ever one of the groups of the universe, like the Ophanims of the first universe, that fell and then became, you know, had to take on human bodies for a, uh, an opportunity of to salvage what had happened because they got involved with Lucifer and followed Lucifer and and uh, thought they were doing the right things, but they were not. And it's a long, drawn-out plan, and you can, you know, read about it in the blogs and listen to the broadcast, and you'll get the story. And especially when the uh, the Peace Bible comes out, you'll really have some data on it at that time which is not going to be long. Okay, so so the point I'm getting at, we are different. We can't be compared uh, if, if there was humans here, none of which had ever been uh, before, had lived before as, as divine creatures. And these humans were just, you know, like the same as some of the pre-Adamic men, but they had advanced in their evolution or, or their land evolution. Uh, that would be a totally different story. And so we could put different applications to it. We could put different consignments to it. We could put different um, appropriations of, of the how, the why, and the whens, and of the expectations and the potentiations. But we, we cannot do the same as that now because we have involved uh, uh, creatures, their spirits, that are inside of us humans that are in a state uh, of uh, lost memory. Uh, but, you know, things are changing on that score. And, and and these are you know really wise ones, and one day they're going to come to the cognizance of who they are, and there are some of the people that have already, and so it changes everything as far as the applications of evolution, because evolution is only uh, applicable uh, to the physical aspects of the hu of the human animal, and uh, does not cover as evolution does both the spirit and the body. Okay. So, um, mortals were advanced from all other creation at the fall of the angels when the spirits of former Ophanim began to enter Adamic offspring. That is an awesome, beautiful understanding. Beautiful, beautiful understanding. Okay, we've got some other ideas that we want to go over, but one of the things that we said made the big difference uh, you know uh, was that um, evolution evolution uh, does not cover consciousness does not cover consciousness it uh, is covered by land illusion though but not by evolution so that is a major thing believe me uh, you know the evolution concept forces the resolve that 
thoughts being the product of evolution in the brain, are therefore not unique or personal of nature, but are gradual states of arrival uh, possible for the human brain. And uh, <laughs> every day that goes by, that's being challenged. Uh, that has a lot of real uh, problems. Mortals have a consciousness, which is the high spark of their emerging uh, awareness. And it matters not how vast and busy the universe is. Only things of entities uh, with consciousness have the spirit value. The, the rest of everything else is a, is a prop, a passing tone without merit. Materialism leads to, um, to uh, an hypothesis that can never be tested. And those are facts, and those are very true uh, uh, under th uh, things to, to understand. So, um, we, we, we talked last week about the spin uh, of the, the you know, various kinds of atoms, and I wish to have the time sometime to explain to you in the sense of Lanolution how that the different kinds of spins can be reversed, they can be accelerated, uh, they can be changed from uh, one kind of a spin to a different kind of a spin, an upper spin, a lower spin, and they can have a lot to do with the accelerating of um, of acts of Lanolution. And so those are uh, explanations of the genome which has so much complexity, so complexity and that is, you know, uh, uh, difficult for people to really get into uh, because of those complexities. Okay, now um, we are uh, moving up here in time. I see. I can hardly believe that we're basically at nine o'clock, and I haven't gotten into the book. Uh, so it looks like we're going to have to actually make it another time there'll be a, a fourth part but uh, Lord willing next week I can start in the book and I can start getting into the the uh, methods of Lanolution how Lanolution works what it does why it does it and and uh, what the awesomeness of it is um, you know it it uh, it is something that you know sets us apart uh, there is a great chain of being out there but uh, there's a differentiation uh, in the aspects that we are not just a part of uh, the same um, grid of of uh, of creation that everything else is. Yeah, there are similar aspects, there are connected aspects, uh, but there are um, are 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 differences, and uh, and the uh, uh, understanding in in the, the teaching of evolution of uh, speciation and how that there are um, two different recognized types of speciation uh, we understand that uh, and we understand their ideas they teach about uh, behavior uh, and and uh, uh, the um, symbionts uh, uh, and uh, all the various kinds of punctuated equi uh, you know equilibrium and uh, the uh, genera that is involved in survival of the fittest, including sexual selection. Some of the things in sexual selection are pretty interesting. Um, in birds, um, 
you know, uh, uh, it, you you can be the best looking, most handsome bird and have the best singing voice there is. But uh, a lot of the times, the female birds will choose based on color. And the fish do the same thing. And I found it very interesting that uh, they instinctively know that a certain color, a certain deepness of the color, means that that bird uh, ha does not have um, parasites or it has very few parasites. And so they will choose that bird by, because of that color, because that color means that that bird does not have uh, 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 parasites. And they don't want to, you know, to start their little nest and everything with these parasites being spread to, to the female bird and to the and to the chicks. And so, um, uh, you know, when we talked about that first scripture, uh, you know, and we said, you know, time and a chance happens to all, and and it's not because you're the the the, the smartest, it's not because you're the, you know, the swiftest, it's not because you're the richest, it's not because. Uh, you can you know do all these different things maybe uh, better than someone else uh just something that happens in your body not because of you these birds don't paint themselves that color it happens biologically uh, in a sense of of uh, an evolutionary sense and by the same token there's there is a and i, I prefer to call it really a, a lanolutional sense because the bird which is the female has an understanding of that color and and this is a is a a, a mental sense uh that she has lat alluded to and understands that color and the same thing is true with fish um they 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 have colors uh that have to do with explaining uh which fish have uh, parasites uh and which ones do not and those are um are extremely uh, interesting uh, points and that's just you know just a few points I'd like to get into the RNA uh, the uh, nucleic acid that is very similar to DNA but I have time today but I think there's a lot of understanding about that that is not understood and uh, and it has uh, offerings of knowledge uh, that is really really great for us to get into and you know uh, the day will come uh, I read recently where they discovered these um, ice worm worms uh, in a, on a glacier and these ice worms uh, they have to have it cold uh, if it gets up to even 50 degrees they die they cannot stand in the heat and uh, going back into time there have been uh, uh, you know uh, various kinds of, of cells um, that uh, that uh, all, all but need really have not needed even oxygens have not needed oxygen and then there have been other kinds of cells that were heat loving and all these kinds of different kinds of creatures um, you know had something to do with with affecting uh, the earth uh, uh, to become uh, how it did and uh, you know the you know the bacteria uh the uh, the fungi all these strange kinds of creation all have their place and uh latolution does cover that and does show why uh god allowed for all that parts of creation we're uh we're going to wait and get into that uh lord willing next week but um 
these few things I want to say here as I bring this to a close. Uh, there has been a lot of people out there, um, especially I think from the evolution side, um, that support the idea that the behavior of the human is predetermined by what has happened to that human in life before that human becoming uh, who he was or what he was at the time. And that as far as free will, uh, that was just an illusion. Uh, Latolution does not teach that. You know, it does not teach that. Uh, it is absolutely a beautiful thing and an interesting thing that uh, we are on the subject of, of latolution because it, believe me, is a major, major subject. And not just a toy. It is a major subject. And uh, I thank God for this revelation. And we're just going to keep, uh, you know, uh, propagating it until um, it it goes over the 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 uh, soundtron waves, and people are able to feel those crossbars of lattice vibrations, and those wavelengths uh, that are moving in the harmonic uh, chain of of the atoms. Um, so we're going to go from here now um, from our study into uh, uh, a little session on, um, you know, Gentile. And uh, I thank God for all you listeners out there and ask you to be patient because, uh, you know, we want to cover everything that we can with this teaching of Latolution. And next week we will start, Lord willing, with a book and get right into that. Now, uh, there's something that I want to do today, and it's, it's quite very interesting. And um, there has been some recent discoveries, and um, it really goes along with latolution too. And what this disco uh, discoveries are is about the brain. Um, I was listening to a video today of this little girl that had these epileptic fits, and and. Um, there was just nothing that they could do to stop it, except they had to remove half of her brain. They removed the whole entire right hemisphere. But the sensational thing that they noticed, that after they got the right hemisphere out of her brain, and they filled in, you know, um, the area where the uh, right hemisphere had been, they filled that in, uh, that the left hemisphere began to compensate for the loss of the right hemisphere and began to take on, began to take on th the capabilities uh, of, of both what it had been doing and adding capabilities of what the, the uh, right brain had been doing. And uh, it was just absolutely astounding and amazing uh, to see that little girl, how she was able to, um, you know, go forth and be over her epileptic fits, but be able to start uh, functioning as though she had, you know, both hemispheres. Um, again, I don't think that we have even begun to touch the capabilities of what can be um, uh, done through the brain uh, that God has given us once we connect that to the spiritual mind. I think it's just absolutely beyond imagination. Uh, 
and the potential you know is uh, is going to take uh, us into incredible areas well um one of the recent discoveries that they have been successful in um, is discovering uh, something about um, people who have had strokes. So I want to work tonight on people with strokes again. This doctor uh, had, a, had a stroke. And uh, out of that uh, condition of having a stroke and overcoming it, uh, he began to do some really heavy study. And he came to an incredible discovery. And what it was is um, he tested this in, you know, in, in animals first, but he found out that if he could uh, disconnect the pain and feeling receptors, say, for instance, if you have an arm uh, that is paralyzed, and he, he disconnected the feeling and, and, um, and uh, you know, uh, sensation type of, of connections uh, of the receptors, uh, then uh, the body could no longer feel that that hand and that arm. Uh, could no longer feel it. Um, then he took and he, the right arm that was still functional, he took and put it into a, uh, into a strap so that the person could not use the functional arm and had to use the other arm if it would be possible to use it. Well, the brain began to do the work, and the brain began to, because they discovered that there was still connected to uh, the brain an independent motor system uh, that could initiate voluntary movement. And this uh, initiation of voluntary movement uh, could actually be given to that arm that had been uh, considered to be paralyzed, but was basically affected as to its sensory aspect of of pain and and various kind of sensations once they disconnected those now and then there was no right arm to use uh they start and begin to start using their left arm and and uh and they've con they have expanded this um to a tremendous uh situation where there are thousands and thousands of people who have been paralyzed by a coma uh, or something of that nature uh, or by a stroke especially and um, uh, they have even though they've had it for years they have been able to start re restoring them so they have the use of their limbs and their hands and, and arms again and 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 uh, and also an expansion again of the of a lot of their thinking facilities I just was so taken with that, and I said, you know, this is something that we could do through Gentile. Uh, we could go in uh, with these people that, that have this problem. We can we can use uh, uh, electromagnetic laser to cut the uh, the uh, sensory nerves in that. Uh, we could um, do with the um, with Gentile. Uh, we could use um, uh, you know stem cells. And we could radiate those stem cells so that they would uh, they would uh, be activated in a quickening type of way uh, to begin to replace uh, dead cells that uh, had perished in the brain. Uh, what I really want to do today is not the actual act. Uh, I want to uh, take more time to prepare for that. But I just want to do a prayer uh, that you who have uh, uh, this these, this kind of a problem with uh, stroke, 
uh, or stroke potential that you will uh, receive an opening in your mind, an opening in your heart and spirit to prepare <coughs> for your healing uh, through this Gentile uh, and that the praise may be given to God. So here we go. Uh, precious God, precious Lord, precious Jesus Christ, we just speak these words out over the airways to those persons who have been um, uh, stroke, uh, been and are stroke uh, victims, and uh, that that you will begin to open their mind to realize that they are not lost uh, in, in the perilous, uh, perilous of a forever situation. That there is a potential for them to be healed, a potential for them to be set free. We just ask for, for this faith to be engendered in them, uh, for this believing to just become part of the heart throb uh, of, of their very person and very being. And, and just bless them, God, in a, a, just an astounding way with this faith and with this power. Blessed be your holy name. Okay, while well, Janice at the organ playing something beautiful, something good. It's a really favorite song of mine. We just thank you for being here tonight. God bless you. God grant you peace. Something beautiful. Something so good All my confusion He understood All I had to offer Him Was brokenness and strife But He, he made something so beautiful